Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Here we are. It's 2016, and we're still doing Blog Talk Radio on the catch on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, we have just been, uh, well, we had a great year last year, and uh, we're very excited about where we're going to go this year and uh, the guests that we have. um, The access we have to people is just phenomenal. And uh, we've had some tremendous guests lately, uh, Phil Kage and uh, Jeff Johnson and Randall Bomber. Uh, boy, it's been it's been great. And uh, tonight, what a special thing! This will this will rarely happen that you will get to hear from somebody who's returned from a very long halfway around the world kind of trip. Um, less than 24 hours after after they're back. Our producer, Gunnar Simonson, has been on a medical missions trip to Rwanda, and he's been there for over a week. And uh, we'll let him tell you exactly what he's been doing there and what it was all about. But he's graciously agreed to, I think I had to pull him out of bed to get him on here. Gunnar, welcome. <laughs> Uh, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I I know that you didn't even go on this trip in very good shape, and uh, it's got to have been no. very hard for you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. It was, I wasn't feeling too hot before we got on the plane, but uh, God uh, God got me there, and a lot of prayers and a lot of support, and uh, and yeah. yeah, I think I was. I think your text messages to me were like my constant. Um, my uh, my alarm. <laughs> my, my, I hit the snooze button and I get a text from you and and then I'd be oh yeah okay I got to wake up this is great. Uh, so we, yeah. we flew into Portland last night at about uh, ten thirty and uh, for about thirty four mm. hours of travel. So oh oh boy yeah and, and so usually what I hear people do is they they, they immediately sleep sixteen hours after something like that. <laughs> So, probably a few more, and I and I promise that none of that sleep will happen while I'm on Blog Talk Radio with John Fisher. Okay? I mean, I'm awake. I've I've got my caffeine. I'm good. good. I'm I'm excited yeah. and honored to be here, and and to hopefully unpack some things for you. Everything is so fresh. Yeah, I know it's that. I know that's going to be hard because it's just like mm-hmm. you said. It's kind of like an explosion in your head right now. But yeah. uh, we'll we'll see if we can maybe pick out some things um, along. I would really. You know, you shared with me just a, a few minutes ago how Rwanda is a real special place for you and your family. Why, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Rwanda has been a place that uh, we were introduced to oh, probably nearly 10 years ago now. Uh, we were my, my wife and I had both were reading. We didn't even know we were reading this book together. 
at the same time, we were reading this book called Left to Tell about the genocide in 1994, where you know, mm. tragically, you know, nearly a million people were killed in, in just the course of about 90 days. Um, you know, the tribe, mm. tribe, neighbor versus neighbor, you know, mm. and the, the different tribes, you know, and, and, uh, mm. and so we were reading this book called Left to Tell. It just totally grabbed our heart and we just started, met the right people and we got involved with an organization called African New Life and, and um, so it's been a part of our really an important part of our life for for nearly ten years, and met a lot of friends on the ground there, and a lot of folks. Though I've never been, my family's been. Uh, my wife's led, you know, she's been there about six times. Uh, my daughter's been wow. there twice uh, um, by a mm. dear friend of mine, uh, Pastor Fred Katagua, and uh, and so. But this was my first time for whatever reason. I wasn't able to go, and this wasn't released, I suppose, to go until now. And um, so it's been kind of a quest, John, to to, to actually get there. And um, mm. people were very surprised that I hadn't been there before. And but for whatever reason, this was my time. And so we even have a room in our house. Matter of fact, John is dedicated to Rwanda, so uh, we've got all kinds of artifacts and things like that that are back there. Oh, no kidding! Wow. Yeah, drawn. So it's kind of like a ah, it's kind of yeah. like a, a a a second home that you finally found. <laughs> you know what? That's a great way to put it. It really was because you know I will say this is that uh, when when we were in church Sunday morning in uh, Bujasera, you know, south of Kigali, um, and, and we were singing and the, the choir was singing and it was uh, one of the most beautiful uh, just that, that African choir sound. You know, the harmonies. Mm. You just sit there in yeah. tears, and 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 they're singing in Kinyarwanda, and I just felt to myself this. this this whispering mm. voice saying, this is home. And so it really mm. was what you just said, that second home that I finally found. Um, I think that'd be a great catch post, by the way. I think you know, there's something about what you just <laughs> said there. So anyway. Very cool. Well, yeah. Um, so what brought you there? Um, how, how did that come about this time? Yeah, well, it was, you know, we, we went, it was a medical trip. And um, obviously I'm not a doctor or a, a nurse. I, I mean, even if I played one on TV or stayed at a Holiday Inn Express the previous night, I, I think I'm still not a doctor <laughs> or a nurse. Um, and uh, and and so, but uh, I got a, I received a phone call from my pastor. Uh, matter of fact, Easter Sunday, we were getting ready to walk into our brunch with family, and I got a call from him and saying, "Hey, you should go on this trip." You know, and I'm thinking I'm not a doctor, or nurse, or whatever, and. Uh, but to go and, and um, try to capture it, you know, through blogging and photography and, uh, and some video footage as well. And I just kind of go as a support, you know, and, um, and and be a part of, you know, the medical evangelism type thing. And and uh, so we really prayed about it, really prayed about it, and, uh, you know, got funds raised to go and with some gracious people and uh, was able to go. And so it was, uh, it was the timing thing. I just felt like, you know um, – I, it was the right thing for me to do. It was the right time. Nothing, you know, whenever it's the right time to do mm-hmm. something, it never really makes sense, does it? I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense at all, but it does. Yeah. And it's the right thing, and it, it was a lot of faith to get there. And, and um, you know, it seemed like everything was trying to keep me from going. I certainly was not well at all before I left that week. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, um, here, here we are on the other side of it, and, I, I you know I know a lot of people say this. It sounds very cliche, but it's been such a quest to get there that you know I just don't see how life 
you know, never goes back. You know, I think it's definitely changed. Yeah. You know, for good. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, now, so there were you had a team of what seventeen doctors and nurses and and uh, yeah, what, what went on? Yeah. Give us a yeah, give us a sure. rundown of a of a day. What did a day look like? Yeah, well, you know, uh, we had a clinic set up um, in uh, Gishora, which uh, south of Bujasera, which is south of Kigali, uh, and uh, Gishora is, it's just, it's very south of Rwanda, um, there's a lake, and on the other side of the lake is Burundi, uh, another country, Burundi, of course, is one of the poorest countries in the world, um, there's a UN refugee camp right there in the uh, Gishora as well. Um, so there was a medical clinic there, and uh, under the leadership of uh, Dr. Brad Titus, who's a uh, um, cardiologist, he's helping um, build out, raising lots of funds with African Life to build a medical center in Kigali. Um, he goes over mm. there and he does these medical trips. So they'll bring doctors and nurses over, and they'll have three or four days of uh, setting up a really a compassion clinic. And people mm. will walk for hours just for the chance mm. to get in. I mean, you can't see everybody. Um, and you yeah. know, you've only got so much daylight, you know, and they got to turn around and many will walk back. I mean, we had stories oh. of, you know, there's a 12-year-old girl who walked two and a half hours to come to the clinic um, and ended up, I think she ended up having appendicitis. And, oh. um, you know, we had to refer her to the hospital. And, you know, and so we would have, you know, we had one, two, three, four, five, six. We had about eight or nine different medical, um, you know, room, exam rooms set up. And we had, you know, two uh, for the pediatrics kids. Uh, had a lot of children mm-hmm. coming through there. Um, then we had the adults. And they would all, we'd probably have four or 500 people waiting for us when we'd, when we'd arrive, you know, and the doctors would go set up. And then us and our doctors, we'd be out there working with translators to get everybody braceleted, you know, and, you know, and try to create some sort of a flow so that we can start seeing people. Um, wow. And then while we're out there, we're, you know, we're, you know we've got a local, uh, you know, worship leader that's out there. They're singing songs in Kinyarwanda out of their hymnal. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. just beautiful sound. Um, you had uh, a mix of people, you know, um, you know, people that, you know, just different belief backgrounds, um, wonderful colors. You know, they, they wear some of these wonderful outfits. In colors, yeah, it's just yeah. beautiful. Um, so we would communicate to them, we'd share stories, uh, we'd talk to them, we'd you know keep them flowing. They're sitting out there eight hours a day in the hot sun, waiting for a chance to get in. Um, wow! Meanwhile, the clinics, we saw about 760 patients last week, and and just mm. saw stuff all over across the board, and and uh, hopefully, people left with hope. What kind of uh yeah what's the typical kind of thing like what are the what do they see more than anything or is it is it like that Well I mean it just really is just a really across the board you know I mean you saw you know like with yeah. appendicitis you know you saw you know a lot of um you know didn't see a lot of like you know like a malaria or didn't see a lot of that surprisingly um that I we can with a lot of stomach you know issues STDs um you saw a lot of that uh-huh. you um, you know, you just saw different things. We saw some kids where it, it looked like maybe there was some witch, literally witch doctor type, you know, stuff going on where they would just like, you know, you would see scars in like the abdomen area where they'd kind of carve into it to try to release whatever the sickness was. Um, wow. You would see all kinds of stuff like that, you know, and um, other mm. gastric area stuff. And 
Um, you know, we had uh, there was a guy named John. Matter of fact, John met the Lord while we were there, and he was a young guy who was a uh, soldier, mm. and uh, wow. his hearing was shot. Obviously, I mean, his hearing was gone. You know, and and so all you can do is you know there is is pray. You know, and um, you know pray for the young man, and uh, that you know by you know <laughs> whatever you know, and so I mean you saw things like that. We definitely saw a couple of soldiers that had come in too. Wow, wow. So, yeah. I, I, what if, are they able to? You know, I, I, I'm thinking about things that these people one visit isn't going to do it. You know, they're they're going to yeah. need a lot more. What what happens in those cases? Yeah, I mean, in some cases there, because obviously you've got so many people there, and you can't see everybody, and um, and that's always the hard part, right? You just don't have enough days and hours in the day and both yeah. resources to see everybody. So you try to do that in a, in a, in a way that flows and is, and is fair and whatever. And, uh, but in the cases, in, in, in that, you've got to be able to assess. I mean, you obviously your heart goes out. And you want to be able to do everything you can for every person that comes through there. Um, but, yeah. you know, ratio-wise, you've got to be able to assess kind of what, the, through a translator, what, what are the things that are really the top level priority wise that they're really suffering from pain mm-hmm. or, or what? And they've got to assess mm-hmm. that and try to address it and then move on to the next person. Now, where they're serious, you know, like the appendicitis or things like that, then they would do what they would be like a referral to a local hospital. And, okay. um, and so then that's why they were able to be able to refer them and get them to a hospital so they can get more, you know, you know, the tests done that'll be a little bit more thorough. Mm-hmm. on all that, wow. and hopefully be able to follow so, up. And it, and it was the same thing, too. We had people from the local church there as well. People's lives were changed, or people met the Lord, and, and things there. You know, there was there was follow-up that was going to happen, which is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of places oh, come in and kind of, kind of blow in, blow up, and blow out, and people are left standing there. Um, so follow-up mm-hmm. is really critical. So as, it sounds like you're making most of the contact with these people while they're waiting to get in. Yeah, that sure right? were in that. Oh, man, and it was intense, too. Absolutely. Wow. And you're doing music, and is there, like, mm-hmm. speaking uh, speaking going on? Yeah, uh, yeah. Or just more one-on-one type stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of both, but, you know, the first part of the day, I mean, once you get everybody set and we kind of have a flow established, you know, we'll start singing, you know, my good friend David, who's... Uh, who was a sponsor child himself through African New Life, you know, as a worship leader and very passionate young man. And, and uh, he would lead the, the group, you know, four or 500 people and then song. And then, then what, what would happen is I would grab the mic and he would translate for me and I'd kind of welcome them and, you know, tell them, you know, we traveled over 9,000 miles just to be with them <laughs> and we're honored to be them. And then I would share a little bit about my story and was sharing a little bit about, you know, um, you know, a little bit of my story with my family and, and Rwanda and um, mm-hmm. and uh, the things that we've, the things, some of the things that we've experienced and suffered, you know, and uh, they're there at a medical clinic, you know, and, um, you know, I was sharing a little bit about, you know, the, the seven yeah. miscarriages that my, my family had experienced, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in Rwanda and places like that. If you, if a woman has two to three miscarriages, a lot of times, the, you know, the, the, the the husband or the guy will will blame the woman and then leave them, 
and mm. um, you know, and you know, and so just felt led to share. Wow. You know, we've had seven. You know, and um, mm. you know, I love my wife and my family, and from there, my daughter was born, and she came all the way to Rwanda to be baptized. So I, they love it when they share. When you share, oh, that's be cool. real with them, and you share. Yeah. Matter of fact, I shot a video of them saying hi to my daughter. They're all like, hi, Kira, and they didn't have any idea what they were saying. But um, yeah. So I would share a little bit, kind of warm them up a little bit, have fun with them with the translator, and then we'd sing more songs. And then Brad Titus, Dr. Titus, or another team member would share a testimony and share a little bit about, you know, the gospel. And, and um, you know, and it was just, we had that event. We had many people through those times actually, you know, give their lives to Jesus. And um, it was wonderful. Wow. Wow. It was a wonderful time. And wow. so, uh, but that, that was an experience. And then when we weren't doing that, we were doing a lot of, we were, we were then we'd take them in groups of four or five and we'd lead groups down to the clinic, get them seated, get them, get them in their, you know, the waiting area, just like any other waiting area. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'd never seen so many people file onto a bench in my life. I mean, it was a, it was a <laughs> skill. I mean, I saw benches <laughs> while they were waiting with probably about 42 people on one bench. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they did it. But it was like they, they'd look at the bench, there'd be no room, and they'd like, and everybody would be like, okay, let's make room. And, and I'd just sit there and I'd be like, I can't even believe this, you know. And uh, there was times when we were waiting for the kids. I remember one time I, I was sitting on the ground. I had about 20, 25 children right, right there on me. No translator. Mm. You know, and, you know, and you're just forced there to try to communicate without knowing the language. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a smile, which in Kenyawanan is Seika, and um, okay. and just some just having fun and being real and get the kids laughing. You don't need to know the language, you know, the the, the Holy Spirit's translator you can you can have. Wow. Wow, that's wonderful. So, and you're looking at these children and you're just like, you know, one kid's got a hat on and you can see kind of there's probably a, a scar underneath, with, you know, blood dripping and, you know, another kid with some really bad coughs. And and you're just, you're, you're on the outside, you're just, you know, you're just trying to have fun and, and keep their mind focused on fun and, and just smiling on the inside, your heart is just breaking. Wow. Wow. Well, what, um, you say that, that your wife has been there uh, like uh-huh. six Six times, yeah. Um, so, so they they must have some friends there and people that. You know, were you able to meet people that that they knew and kind of connect in some of those ways? Yeah, and that was that was a lot of fun. You know, I mean, because we just through what we've just been involved with so many years, we've met a lot of people on the ground, even through Facebook. You know, I mean, the, the worship leader that the the, the clinic. And mm-hmm. we realized mm-hmm. when we got there, we'd been, we'd been friends for almost 10 years. We just never met each other. <laughs> I mean, it was, wow. We'd been friends on Facebook. <laughs> and, and, uh, but it was great. I'd be, I'd be somewhere and, oh, you're Tracy's husband, you know, and, and that was really sweet to, to see that. And it really touched my heart. And, um, and then, of course, you know, Pastor Fred and Charles, who were the founders, you know, I've known them for years. And, um, you know, I had an experience with, um, Pastor Fred, they're getting ready to start a team service at the Dream Center in Kigali, and we were in his office, and he, we looked at his bookshelf, and he says, "Yeah, I got this book on the shelf," and he pulls it out, and it's this Bible, and um, and then he shows me it was a Bible that I had given him in 2008, a note that I'd written, mm. and he says, "We're using this to start the team service," and um, 
I did not see that coming, John. I mean, I just I don't even remember wow. giving that to him, but it was it was such an encouragement. Sometimes we do things in life, and then whatever happens years later, we just kind of go, "What happened? I mean, what what what, what have I done?" And and yet God will come back with a reminder to just say, "Yeah, you know what? You know, you matter. You know, and you just never know what you do that's going to make a difference. Uh, almost time release years later, you know." Yeah. So that really what, was special. Wow. What What would you say, Gunner made made the biggest impression upon you uh, on this trip? Well, you know, there's, again, there's so many things that are I'm beginning to unpack. I mean, I, there's so many instances yeah. where I can tell you a, a, an, a, an experience that I had that really hit me um, that I, I'm still trying to unpack. Um, mm-hmm. Matter of fact, um, I sent a picture uh, of this uh, this woman um, Jacqueline. Yeah. And uh, Jacqueline has Beautiful. four children. Four children. And um, she's HIV positive. Um, the husband abandoned the family. Um, they live in a home about the size of a bed. Um, it's just the smallest thing I'd ever seen. I was... And I got a chance. We actually sponsored one of her children, Emmanuel. He's just a beautiful young man. And... Um, uh-huh. and uh, so I got a chance to meet with her and the three of her children, and Emmanuel, of course, one of them, in their home. You know, and I'm sitting in their home, and 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 this lady has such a bright light about her, and and uh, such inner strength and courage. And you know, we got a chance to spend some time with a translator. You know, we we um, had brought some food. You know, we were able to bring some some uh, several mm-hmm. packs of food. I, I'm hoping we'll be able to help them for at least a month you know, and trying to keep some food on the table there. And, and we're talking, and, and um, I had brought up um, Tracy, my wife, and uh, she had um, this lady, Jacqueline, was wearing a necklace, a little cross necklace on it. And I didn't know mm-hmm. this time, but she was wearing it, um, and it was a necklace that my wife had bought her like two years ago. Wow. And I didn't know that, and it just sent me reeling. I was sitting there. And I just about lost it, you know. And and uh, there's a lot of things that almost had me lose it, had me lose it while I was there. But this one really struck me deep in a personal way, because Tracy was, you know, I was talking to Tracy about it. She says, you know, she figured, well, they were so poor, such need that she figured, well, she'll probably just take that necklace and maybe just sell it for money to get some food. Mm-hmm. Was what mm-hmm. she figured she would do. And here we are, two yeah. years later, and she's wearing this. And, you know, and she said to pray for her that she um, would just continue to grow in the Lord and that she would be a good parent, a good mom to her kids to be able to provide. You know, it was such a humble prayer. And, I mean, here's all this need in the world, and she just wants to grow in the Lord and be a good mom to her children, you know, and hopefully to a place, a more stability place of a home to live. You know, Mm -hmm. you just... You know, again, it's so cliche, John, but we really do. We take so much for granted. If I had half yeah. the inner, you know, courage, inner strength, and faith that she had, you know, I could probably get get a lot done, <laughs> a lot more done in life. You know, and well, she really, she really struck me, and and just uh, and we were able to get a beautiful picture for her, and got some pictures of her and the family that will always just stick with me. Wow. Well, Wow. You know, 
I just can't imagine yeah. HIV positive. Your husband abandons the family. They live in a home the size of the mattress and hmm. um, these children. And yet, what a what a beautiful spirit about her. Just tremendous. Wow. Wow. Yeah, hope. You know, when, when, when you're so hopeless. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. I hear so many stories about people who go to situations like this and uh, uh, and they end up being receiving so much more yeah. than they thought that they they thought they were bringing everything sure oh and yeah. then they're they're taking so much back um, well, what what about that what you know what did mm-hmm. what are some other things that you received from from your time there from yeah. from these people. Wow, you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think the heart was, I mean, for me, after all these years and being able to build, my heart was that would be, my heart was that it would be just an open canvas, you know, for hmm. God to be able to work on. I just didn't want to have my own agenda and uh, in any of that. I just wanted to have an open canvas. I just wanted to touch the hem of the garment when I was in Rwanda. Hmm. I just wanted to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus when I was there. I didn't want to make it about just, a, oh, I'm going to Rwanda, I'm going on a mission trip. I wanted to go deeper than that, you know? And um, yeah. and, and, and in that, um, it was something else. It was a beautiful time of just, I think I, I, I'm coming away from there of just, um, of enc- I just feel encouraged. I feel um you know, there was just so much encouragement there. There were so many things that, you know, um, boy, when you have nothing to hope for, there's still a lot more hope <laughs> to be hoped for, you know. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just one of those things where God just doesn't, you know, um, regardless, the world can do whatever, but God will never abandon. And and uh, I just feel encouraged to, um, you know, we, we, we take so much for granted. We, we get... I mean, forgiveness. I mean, look at forgiveness. I mean, Rwanda, you know, you the only way forward oh, yeah. for that nation after the genocide is forgiveness and reconciliation. There's so many people that were involved in killing. Prisons are so overcrowded. Then you got the people, the mm. families that, you know, the only way to move forward for them to live side by side is forgiveness. And wow. we we think of the stuff that we hold grudges over. I mean, I've got a friend that lost five yeah. members of his family in the genocide. He walked into a mm. prison in Rwanda where many of these people were that killed his family. Many of them were neighbors of his growing up. And he mm. was led to speak a message on forgiveness. A thousand people wow. are saved. Oh, wow. Because, and wow. and so, you know, it really, it really, you know, things like that. I'll tell you one of the big highlights of the trip to John with this is that I, I didn't see anything, I didn't watch anything, I didn't know anything about any politics in America the whole time I was there. <laughs> so, no <laughs> debate. I didn't even know who won, the, who won the national championship. Was it Alabama? Did they beat Clemson? Yeah, they did. <laughs> I didn't even know that. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. I mean, I didn't know anything about Trump or Hillary or anybody. It was, it was the greatest yeah. thing ever. You didn't even know anything <laughs> about the catch or or my my well, my uh, voice. Bill Jake, I mean, come on, <laughs> beautiful stuff. And so, um, but no, it was uh, it was a wonder yeah. to be checked out, really checked out. 
for a long time. Of course, we slept under mosquito nets every night and mm-hmm. and tried mm-hmm. to avoid uh, mosquito contact at all costs and um, and uh, and tried to do the best we can uh, to to get rest each day and and um, but it was beautiful. It was just you know. One of the days, John, we we got a chance to meet one of our other uh, sponsored children. We took a small group that had sponsored children in a place called Kajeo, and you're heading from Kigali up north, kind of east over to it, towards Tanzania, and you're in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere. I mean, you're three hours out in the middle of nowhere. These bumpy roads, I mean, you, you're probably having to readjust your back five or six times per trip. I mean, I mean you're getting hammered. And and uh, we were out there in the middle of nowhere. Kids in these villages, they would see your van, and from a from forever away, they'd start yelling and screaming Mzungu, which is you know white skinned. You know, I mean, they they see because <laughs> you're just stand out there, and they would come yeah. and run in droves. They would just be droves. There'd be just all these children chasing after the van with these big smiles, yelling Mzungu, 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 and you'd be waving at them and, and um, they would chase you, you know, and, and then we'd stop and then we'd just start blowing bubbles or playing soccer or uh, having fun huh. with the children at these stops in the middle of nowhere. And wow. um, we had, we had one place, John, where this, this couple was seeing their sponsor children in this village. They're inside the home. And I think the whole village came out to see us and we're out there playing, blowing bubbles, something as simple as that. <laughs> and they were amazed, and they had fun. And I had all these kids around me, and I'm just kind of hamming it up and having fun. And this one kid, kind of the main kid, I remember he, you know, he wanted to try. So I handed him the mm-hmm. blower, and he's blowing the bubbles, and he's having fun. The kids are laughing, and then he starts pounding, tapping his foot on the ground. He wanted to get my attention, and he got my attention and pointed down to his chin. And there was this huge open wound on his shin with just flies covering it. And I looked at him, and he had this frown on his face. You know, Mm. you wish you could have done something. Here you are on a medical trip, and we're setting up shop like nine hours away, and I couldn't do anything. And he's pointing at it. And Mm. just for a few moments, him and I, our eyes connected, and it was just sad. And then, just like that, he snapped out of it, and he started having fun again. Huh. With a with blowing bubbles, wow. you know, as, as if it just kind of took that took that away from him for a few moments, just to forget about that and just to have fun with the others and smile and laugh, and that stuck with me too. Oh yeah, wow. Well, well you're gonna heartbreak. Uh, I'm sure you're gonna have many many things uh, to to unpack and to come to your mind. Uh, now that you're now that you're back, but uh, and I, I'm I I know you've got to be tired, so we'll we'll bring this to a close. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Right now, I think that's a good place. That's a that's a good place to to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe just some kind of a uh, final word to uh, to everybody to our listeners. Um, yeah. You know so you know what what would uh, what. <laughs> What would Rwanda say to them? You know, what what's a message we can we can give to them? Well, you know, love your neighbor. You know, we're all made by mm. the same hands. You know, we're mm. all made by the same hands. Whether we're in Rwanda, mm-hmm. whether we're in uh, Europe, or whether we're just down the street, our neighbors. And you know, mm. everybody matters. 
you know, and and um, and just to love your neighbor, you know. I mean, at a medical clinic, you see people, you see them walking for miles, but then you see what what they're. You just don't know what people are facing. You don't know what people are fighting and wrestling through. You know, mm-hmm. um, and you just don't know. But just to care enough about your neighbor to to hit the pause button on life and to just you know love on them and to to um, you know. Uh, mm get to know them and find out what's going on. You know, how can you walk with them? How can you love your neighbor? How can you pray for them, you know? And I just think those are the things that really matters. You know, all this stuff, we're so busy doing stuff, you know, and and, yeah. um, and yet there's so much hurt all around us. And I just think, you know what, just reminding ourselves that we're all made by the same hands and mm. um, and mm. that uh, we all have an opportunity and, uh, and, and just to, to love our neighbor. And that's, and it's simple. But, you know, my eyes have been opened in a whole new way to just not let people pass on by without an opportunity to really grace turned outward. You know, as we receive Mm -hmm. that grace, to be willing to let Mm -hmm. that grace cycle through and be turned outward to our neighbors wherever we are. You don't have to go to Rwanda to, to make that happen. It can happen right here, and you can bring hope to someone that desperately needs it, but we would never know unless we stopped our busyness uh, to step inside yeah. theirs. Wow. So Fantastic. That's what I would say. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. Yeah, there you go. Love your neighbor. Um, that's so good. That's so good. Gunnar, thank you. Uh, yeah, go back and get some rest. Get some rest. We'll talk <laughs> yeah. to you tomorrow. I'll go back to sleep. I, we will definitely go catch back. up here. And, and then yeah. I'll get you some more pictures you can share and, and, and what have you. And, Beautiful. And um, but we're looking forward to catching up with you and everyone else. And uh, yeah, it's been an honor to be able to to be on the other side of the Catch on Blog Talk Radio. And I'm looking yeah. forward to catching up on uh, cool. Phil Keggy and a few others. Okay, well, Gunnar, we'll, we'll look forward to we we'll get some of your pictures on. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna see if we can get some of those pictures on the catch too. That would Absolutely. that'll be great. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Beautiful. Absolutely. So well, thank you. Okay, Gunnar. Love to your family. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless.